It's 1977, and the hard rock band you started with your brother has been noticed by KISS frontman Gene Simmons. You record a demo, which Simmons produces for you. He is obsessed with car horns for some reason, and also really wants you to change your band name to Daddy Longlegs. The name remains unchanged, but the car horns become the signature opening to your second single off your eponymous debut album in 1978, which is also the opening track of the album. Take the car horns out of yours and your bandmates' vehicles and rig them to a foot pedal and two car batteries in order to play the intro live at shows. It's pretty fucking sick. Things really take off from there. Your band is credited with bringing hard rock back to the forefront of popular music, and you, an incredible guitarist, become an inspiration for almost every guitar player that comes after you. The opening track off your first album is named the ninth greatest hard rock song of all time by BH1. Chuck Klosterman of Vulture.com lists the song as the eighth best song your band has ever made. That's right. Your band is so successful, people make lists exclusively about the songs you've made. That shit is crazy. If you haven't figured it out yet, let me lay it plain. In this scenario I've just described, you're Eddie Van Halen of the band Van Halen. And the song everybody thinks is so fucking cool is Runnin' With The Devil. That's right, in honor of the recently passed Eddie Van Halen, we're talking Runnin' With The Devil on Cover Me. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions, compares them against one another to find out which one ain't so simple. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my running co-host... Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger. He said out of breath from running. Could, say Could also be a, a presidential running, you know. Elections mm, are the, the hot thing these days. Doesn't sound like me. Days. I am entirely apolitical. It, I, yep. I have zero, you know, no politics here. None Boo. for me. Zero, yeah, I, I know it sounds impossible, but... Uh, Boo! That's what I think of your A-politics. I'm say moving on to B-politics politics to A-politics. That's what I say. Alex, you, you piece of shit, how you doing? <laughs> um shitty no i'm doing pretty good i just had a week off took a week off work nice got some got some got some personal hobby time so that was nice made some progress trying to make this theremin did a bunch of soldering it's a good time you haven't finished that theremin yet no it's a lot of soldering you were talking a big game last week you're like i'm gonna fucking knock this out in one day is what you said to me that yeah it turns out it's um a lot more work. Who knew? Yeah, isn't that always how it seems to go? Yeah, but uh, there's there's a lot more work done on it now. It looks different a little bit. Still like a circuit board, but I'm pretty happy with how it's going. Right on. It's any, anything else exciting, Alex? Anything else exciting? Yes. Uh, that's been my life for the last week. What about cool. you? You got exciting things going on? You don't have Not snow really. where you are. I don't have so snow, nice. which is, is great. Um, I do have uh, Super Mario Sunshine on the brain. I've been playing some of that recently. And it's worth bringing up here on the podcast for one specific reason. In the in the game, there's the you, you're familiar with Super Mario Sunshine, of course. Generally. There's certain levels where you go in them and then Shadow Mario steals your, your little water gun backpack, the Flood. 
And then in these levels, Alex, you are uh, uh, they play uh, an acapella version of the Mario, the like the original Mario theme. Here's why that makes sense and is a good idea, because on levels where Mario is without his instrument, the music is without instruments. Without instruments. What do you think about that? That's thematically appropriate. It's all stripped down. Plus, everything's wooden blocks. Yeah, a lot of wooden blocks in that. Anyway, that's the only good feature of Super Mario. No, I'm kidding. The game's pretty good. (laughs) Some of the shit's a little annoying. I'm running around getting blue coins, and it's a fucking slog. Ooh, I've heard there's a lot of blue coins, and I've never, ever attempted to get, like, any. I've just happened across them. Oh, yeah, you've never done, like, an actual hunt for them. I'm just using walkthroughs at this point. You can get, I think, like... You can get about half of them on any given level pretty easily. And then after that, it's like, pick the one tree that's closest to this thing and spray the top of it. And a blue coin will come out. You're like, all right, I I guess I could have figured that out by accident. Yeah, if you, like, just jumped over it or something. Yeah. Sprayed down, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, that sounds uh, a little bit much. I remember seeing one time someone's advice was, like, don't pick up any of them until you're looking for all of them and using a guide because you'll never know which ones you have or not yeah i don't know how big a deal that is i I, it kind of depends on how good your memory is and then get a guide with pictures is my recommendation i was doing ign and they're just like describe them there's like a tree and some water and some sand probably yeah and they're using compass directions to like and to the east i'm like which fucking way is north (laughs) check your map Get out your sextant. Look yeah. at the stars. Nautical theme. Just okay. lunacy. But things are going a little easier since I switched to Mario Wiki. Thanks, Mario Wiki. Thanks, Mario Wiki. Shout out to Mario Wiki. Today's episode is sponsored by Mario Wiki. Enough about video games, though. Let's talk about some hard about rock. The Alex. other thing we talk about, music. Van Halen. Van Halen. Tell me everything about them, Alex. Everything about them. Van Halen is a band. There are two members from the Van Halen family, Eddie and um, it's Alex, right? I'm now second-guessing myself. I believe it's Alex, which is my name. Um, Eddie and Alex Van Halen plus uh, some other guy on bass. Now, he's important, too. I just forgot his name. Michael Anthony? That can't be right. Uh, We're going to say his name. And then, of course, uh, David Lee Roth, the original singer for the band. Michael Anthony. I was right. I'm good at this. Michael Anthony. Um, and then David Lee Roth, who was kind of a well-known, I guess, band front man, cause they were a popular band, but mm-hmm. I remember he's like the reason I know anything about the band uh, or that's not true, but he's like the, the most the, thing, the thing I saw Diamond the most Dave of fan. in my life because I would always watch, um, like mtv and they would talk about music videos and they were like look how hot david lee roth is in this video and he's just so greasy in those videos man he is sweaty um so he's got a very hairy chest on him yeah so uh that's david lee roth he he was like their kind of active i guess front man and then he was later replaced by Sammy Hagar and then replaced by some other guy who I always forget who he is. He's from another band. There was a third Van Halen front man? Yeah. Yeah, there was. Let me see. Um, is it Gary Chirone? Yeah, I think so. 
Um, yeah. It's yeah, for Van Halen three. For Van Halen. It's only on one album. Um, anyway, so that's pretty much what I know about Van Halen is they have a lot of like drama and issues finding a singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course that they're extremely influential in terms of like, or in particular Eddie Van Halen is extremely influential in terms of guitar playing and hard rock guitar playing in the eighties and onward. Yeah, Doc. What are you, what are your personal feelings about Van Halen? my personal feelings about the band like i'm not that into them i'll admit they've got some pretty decent songs but i feel like all the good ones i've listened to a lot that said i've never dug into them so there might be good ones i don't know but all their big ones like i've heard enough you recently admitted on the podcast that you didn't even listen to any van hagar yes no van hagar except for why can't this be love because it was on the radio but dreams man fucking dreams you missed out on dreams I haven't missed anything yet, technically. <laughs> oh, you've missed out on it. Um, I, yeah, that's that's my experience with Van Halen. There's not much. It's only the popular stuff, and it's enough of that that I have, like, gotten a bit tired of it. Mm. Not so much that I won't listen to it at all, but I won't usually seek it out. Fair enough. Yeah, I think my, like, I understand why Van Halen is popular, and I know, like, the songs that, that people point to, such as this one, Running With The Devil, and be like, Van Halen, great guitar solos, you know, big arena rock energy, and then uh, they'll be like, hey, what's your favorite Van Halen song? I'm like, I don't know, probably Jump? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I like what are probably the worst of the best of Van Halen, like Jump and Dreams. <laughs> yeah, but they, like, they had a ton of stuff, and even... I mean, I haven't listened to much Sammy Hagar, Van Halen, but they were with Sammy Hagar longer than David Lee Roth at the time, at least. Mm-hmm. So there's more of it. And it was all very successful. So they were very successful for a very long time. But I also feel like maybe, and I would like to confirm this, I would like to listen to some more Van Halen, perhaps, and just see how it actually like went, because I'm not convinced they ever like reached their full potential even though they were very successful and very popular right because they always had this like frontman drama and they never really had like a really dedicated like songwriter and then singer guy in the band because it was right. all kind of focused around eddie van halen being a good guitar player well yeah and then you know eddie van halen was always doing shit with other people too he uh famously played rhythm guitar for michael jackson on i think beat it was it beat it i want to say yeah. Beat it. yeah so that's what i have to say about that yeah i'm uh i i like the worst parts of van halen um that said we're going to talk about not the worst parts of van halen today we're going to talk about running with the devil which is gets the countless time on the radio. Um, let's let's talk about these lyrics, Alex. Let's do it. Let's get in here. Yeah, they're uh, less complicated than some lyrics we've talked about lately, but that's all yeah. right. Um, there's a lot of ad libbing. I will say that from <laughs> does that count as ad libbing? Uh, I think so. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, one thing that's been mentioned online is that this is like. Uh, as far as like introductory songs, it's the first song on their original album, and it gives you pretty much all of the pieces of what made Van Halen popular, from David Lee Roth's vocals and screaming and ad libbing yeah, to and Eddie like, Van Halen's guitar solos to the uh, like bass work and backup vocals of Michael Anthony. 
Yeah, and even a drummer. And yeah, there's also a drummer there. Um, and as I forgot his name, like the bass on this song is actually pretty cool. Wow, I'm gonna we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of um, ourselves. So yeah, it comes in. No, it doesn't come in. Uh, the verse. I live my life like there's no tomorrow, and all I've got I've had to steal, or I had to steal. Uh, at least I don't need to beg or borrow. Yes, I'm living at a pace that kills. Ooh yeah. Oh yeah! Hey, you forgot the the intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you're right. That makes the song really. <laughs> That's really uh, kind of puts how, everything together. I mean, it does kind of show how like excited he seems to be this whole time. It's kind of a song about like, well, partying in a way, but also living freely. Like, first line, you know, he's not thinking about consequences to his actions. Mm-hmm. Um, he also comes from a place of like not having wealth presumably because he is stealing everything uh because he's never had a means of getting presumably things otherwise um but he doesn't want to like denigrate himself to begging or borrowing he'd rather just take things yeah kind of like shows hard the rock attitude aladdin there. yeah hard rock <laughs> aladdin without a genie maybe yeah, without a, instead of a genie, it's the sweet sounds of rock and roll. Sweet sounds of the allegedly brown sound. That's what the internet told me the guitar tone in this album is referred to as, so I don't know why. Makes you shit yourself, maybe. It's real shit, maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I don't know why they would call it that. Yeah, so, so the song, it's like this, it's trying to sound very, like, self-sufficient. Um, but also very well so, see what i like from the line i'm living at a pace that kills he's moving fast which to me i would always associate with like partying hard and using mm-hmm. a lot of drugs like isn't that yeah, what life in the fast lane is about live, kind of live fast die young is i yeah, think what that fast, is a reference young. to and um, also and, yeah. yeah this sense of being like i said self sufficient yeah, and I think it, it is a direct reference to um, playing music on the road. Being a touring band is, I think, sort of the 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 thesis of what they're doing. And that kind of comes up a little more in verse two when he, it's life on the road that he mentions. But yeah, I think this is what like this is the classic musician trope of being like being musicians, pretty kick ass, but also a little bit hard. And yeah, we're running with the devil, so like. It's there's this sinisterness to it because you know it, it's not a blessed life. Mm-hmm. We're not heading for heaven. We're not trying to be good people. We're just trying to live our lives, man. Yeah, and apparently that line is inspired by the Ohio Players' 1974 track called "Running from the Devil." Yeah, which I don't know the song very well, but I listened to it a couple of times and it would seem pretty solid. So yeah, but I don't know the lyrics. It's it's as I'm just looking at it right now, and it is as simple as this song by Van Halen. Okay. He's he's running from the he's devil. He's just running in the opposite direction. Yeah, just trying to save his soul. And so this one's about running with the devil. Um, again, you know, it's it's that like late seventies being provocative, being like, mm, maybe we're Satanists, maybe not. Yeah, right. Because I guess there was a more of a like religious. Well, maybe not more of, uh, in in popular culture anyway, more of like a religious. Um, moralist kind of underpinning like you yeah. had to I don't know exactly what you'd refer to it as you had to uh, 
present things in a different way. Yeah, there was, uh, yeah, I'd say, like, religion was just a little more mainstream still. I guess so, in terms of, yeah, this kind of content. Yeah. Or content. Probably so then, yeah, it. run with the devil. Ah, aha, yeah, woohoo, oh, woo-hoo. run with the devil. I'll tell you all about it. I'll tell you it. about it. And then he tells us that, I found the simple life ain't so simple. When I jumped out on that road, I got no love. No love you'd call real. Ain't got nobody waiting at home. So it starts out talking about I, this jumped out on the road line. I've always, I mean, I think it has kind of two sides. One, they're living on the road. So he's literally touring, right? Living in a van or in motels or whatever um, yeah. on the road and moving places all the time. But also talking about jumping out on the road, that imagery is like a very, it's a very dangerous thing to jump out on the road because there's cars driving there. So it's kind of, again, living dangerously because he just jumped onto the road, but he's living also on the road. There's kind of two sides to it. Mm, Yeah. And and theoretically, it's fairly simple in that scenario. You either get hit by a car or you don't when when you're out on that road. So yeah, then it's not as simple as that. Uh, yeah, and then simple, he, he talks about sort of the, I, I guess, the, one of the downsides of uh, living the way he does is there's no real love, uh, you know, nobody waiting at home because presumably he has no home. Yeah, was there another song we talked about? Fuck. Now I'm, like, this is a, not an uncommon sentiment uh, in rock and roll songs, talking about living on the road and be like, there's no home to go back to or there's no yeah. one to go back to at home. I am now totally blanking on... I uh, offhand, I couldn't tell you exactly what. Which like, but the, but there's probably a fucking million of. Yeah, I'm like I'm there's looking like at it. There's like at least one. I'm thinking uh, of the song "Susanna" by uh, by Frank Turner and John Snodgrass. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where they say like she won't be there forever, but she's not like she'll be. She's living in this town, and you like want to be with her or whatever, but you're on the road, and she'll just be gone one time. Like you'll. You'll show up and she won't be there. Right. I think like, we talked was... about something on the, the Bruce Springsteen album, um, Western I'm sure. Stars. I'm sure. There was Because there was a couple songs about being on the road on that. So that might be what you're thinking about. Um, Could yeah, be. but then we move from verse two into the chorus, but with this uh, very fun ad lib. <laughs> it's, it seems very strange to me to include it. It adds a weird context. He says, God damn it, lady. You know I ain't lying to you. I'm only going to tell you one time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even pick that out of the song. Really? Well, it's interesting because I was looking at a lot of like uh, like song facts and stuff, and people in the comments were like, I uh, David Lee Roth used to be in the Navy until he got fired for smoking weed. And so they think the line is, um, God damn the Navy and all you lifers. I'm only going to tell you one time. But there's no nowhere else besides in these comment sections does it say that David Lee Roth was ever in the military. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, my understanding was he was just in a different band. And then yeah, he was Van just Halen. like a, a sound guy. He just had sound equipment, and then it was cheaper for Van Halen to just let him be the lead singer and bring <laughs> the sound equipment. Uh, I guess if you need a lead singer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in the context, who is this lady? Do you think, again, I, in this context of a man on the road, one of the most common places you frequent is a bar, and yeah. he was just talking about having no love. 
So, uh, is he talking to a woman? Is this song directed to a woman at a bar? I don't know if it's directed at, like, a specific person, but it might be, like, an example of a conversation, sort of. Like, because he's living on the road, talking to so many people, I know that's another sort of trope in this sort of rock and roll lifestyle thing where it'd be like, you know, different woman every night, kind of. I was meeting someone else at the bar. So he's just telling someone maybe about his life. Yeah, but also, and why is he so heated about it, Alex? <laughs> like, she doesn't believe him. He's like, yeah, I live on the road and it's tough. And she's like, ah, uh, ah it's not so bad. I don't think so. God damn, like, it, God, God damn it, lady. damn it, lady. You gotta believe me. I'm only gonna tell you one time. So, like, won't tell him again. Like, or maybe that's, I don't know. I don't know. I guess, yeah, it's just, if he's just like, maybe again, because he's on the road, he doesn't have time for, for, for doubt. Like, if you're like, I don't think you do live on the road and uh, run with the devil. He's like, ah, either believe it or I'm going to fuck off and find somebody else to believe me. For some reason. And maybe irritability is part of life on the road. Maybe. Um, that's honestly it for, uh, yeah. uh, original stuff the rest is ad-libbing and the the third verse is just the second verse again once again that's the lyrics baby it's about freedom on the road it's about life on the road that's right it's called buddy. turn the page now alex you're horny to start talking about some instrumentation yeah yeah i guess i i guess i i guess i was i guess i was a little horny for that all right well uh Good horn point. away my dog um so, uh, as you were mentioning in the uh, pre-show anecdote, the or I guess I the introduction. A, I think it's called an introduction. Introduction, whatever you want to call it. I mean, if you want to be pre-show anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Uh, words, man. Um, they they have a horn sound at the mm-hmm. start, and it's kind of got this like Doppler effect on it. Like someone's driving by, like you're on the road yeah. or something, but you're like hitchhiking, maybe like a car's driving by you. Oh yeah. That could be it. I don't know. That's the only time it comes in because soon afterwards, uh, it starts playing the actual music and that's this bass sound. Do, 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 do. Steady low bass. Yeah. This and steady then you... like staccato heartbeat. Yeah. And then, heartbeat, that's probably a good one. Um, And then, this, like, you kind of get an introduction to the guitar tone, but it's, like, very high. It's, like, kind of harmonic strum thing, which I think you can do high up on the neck of the guitar. Um, Yeah. And then, kind of, you actually get the, the guitar sound playing that main riff from the song. Yeah, and that's i guess supposedly this is a very desirable guitar tone like it's considered very good and it sounds I mean, sounds pretty good like to really me it's me. like standard hard rock you know yeah but like maybe this kind of the ideal i'm not totally sure but they call it allegedly the brown sound right well i think part of what makes it um I mean, this in a lot of ways, this track reminds me of uh, Black Sabbath's NIB, and that it seems to be mm-hmm. very uh, representative of that band's sound and what they were doing in that period of time, right? 
Right. Like, a lot of this is very simplistic. Like, even beyond the guitar solos, which are obviously fairly complex, um, at least in terms of technical Yeah, and even playing. then, they're, like, pretty quick. Yeah, it's they're very quick ones. Um, but it's... Yeah, it's very much like this is the Van Halen sound. And so having that guitar tone with basically nothing in the way of it, uh, like the, the the bass is playing one note every right. every bar, basically. Right. So yeah, I could see how people could latch onto that sound because it really is carrying this song. If it was garbage tone, it like this song would have never taken off. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's their introduction to the world, and that's how you do it. You show mm-hmm. them what your thing is. I want to go uh, back to those horns for a second, though. Sure, sure. Um, so, first of all, Eddie Van Halen did actually rig a, uh, like, a contraption of car horns that he, like, mounted in a box and used a foot switch to to activate them. Which, which is pretty t- impressive, because, I mean, nowadays it'd be like, someone, record it, and let's just play it back. Yeah, Very that's uh, that's actually pretty much what Eddie Van Halen did with his own guitar as well. Uh, he's famous for both his guitar playing, obviously, and also right. his sort of Frankenstein guitar that he built together from parts of other guitars for just whatever he thought sounded good. Right, yes, yeah, so I was reading some of that. He like wanted it to feel like one guitar would sound like another guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see it's kind of – there's like a famous red – white and black design which is how he painted the guitar um yeah. i I, th- I think it's the cover of one of their like best of albums that i i remember we had a friend in in uh junior high and high school um yeah. who was really into eddie van halen and he would like draw this design and stuff yeah, it's it's a very uh, famous design. Apparently, it used to be a like the red wasn't there initially. I think it was just uh, black and white. I might be yeah. wrong on that. Well, you can see on the red. album cover uh, mm-hmm. of this album, he's holding it with it's just white with black lines. Yeah, and then he added the red later. Mm-hmm. He taped over the white and just painted and black and just painted red. Yeah, and that cover, that uh, color scheme rather has uh, kind of stuck with Van Halen for a bit. Their 1982 album "Diver Down" is a white line with red on either side and text in black. Right, which, interestingly enough, that's also like the the White Stripes colors, red, white, and black. Oh yeah, I don't know if there's any significance there, but it is. Well, what do you know about that? That is uh. I don't know. You never know with Jack White. Sometimes he's just doing shit for the sake of it. Sometimes he's just doing shit for the sake of it. Yeah, dog. Um. So yeah, the guitar comes in. We set up that that riff. Um. You got you got David Lee Roth like screaming and shit on the track. Yeah. So much of this is just David Lee Roth ad libbing, mm-hmm. or I assume ad libbing. He's definitely making sound and saying things. They don't sound all that rehearsed, but maybe. Yeah, well, like, the sparseness on this is, like, you need something to fill that space, right? And that is David Lee Roth's vocals doing that. Yeah, true. It's got that kind of, like, plodding, um, slow, hard rock sound. Like, it's not, like, slow, slow, but it's not, like, speed metal, you know? Yeah, it's taking its time, but it's got energy. Yeah. You got those heavy notes on the bass. It's not. It's it's one note. Like and then it's boom, 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 boom. Like it's hitting you with it. 
mm-hmm. and the drums are kind of following in with that. They only really do beyond that some roles to take you into the different segments. Yeah, and I think like because when we get to the verse, they change up a little bit, but it's not much. It's like they're doing some double hits on some of their some of the beats um, mm-hmm. before, and they just like take those out for the for the for the verse rather. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, in the chorus, we get the the backup vocals, which, again, are another, like, really strong part of this. Yes, that's, like, really the identifying part. If you don't know the riff, which I think a lot of people would recognize, the running with the devil backup vocals, that is, like, the very identifiable part, identifiable part of the song. Obviously, it's the title of the song. And, yeah, it's kind of the, I guess, hook. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard rock uh, like vocal chorus, which is not always used, and I think not always done as polished as this one sounds. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of. I don't know. Like, if you watch the video, it looks like the rest of the band is singing it, but I think it might just be David Lee Roth overdubbed like a million times. Well, it's Michael Anthony to some extent because he was hiled on for bass and vocals. And oh, okay. That's so he's, he's pretty iconic for having the backup vocals on Van Halen, so I'm going to assume it's him. It's gotta be. Yeah. My Manthony. And then, yeah, live. I mean, yeah, what's on the, the studio recording versus what's done live? I think live, naturally, it's probably all of them singing. Yeah, How probably. How many dudes it is on the studio recording, I couldn't tell you for sure, but I would bet Michael Anthony is a doing A million. It. It's a million dudes, but most of them aren't real. Um, so, yeah, it kind of it goes back and forth between – there's really the two segments – and then mm-hmm. the solo but there's so yeah it's the the main riff for the chorus and then sort of like a strumming pattern for the um verse yeah excuse me and then he'll do like some occasional like little flourishes not a ton but i think it picks up a little more as he goes and there's definitely one part where he plays like a like a trill that's very cool but that's like one of the later verses oh yeah that's in uh the second verse there i think the the time mark is like 127 mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's the one yeah it's sick <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly the one and yeah so those are the big parts yeah. obviously there's two solos in this um, yes between I, the of... like verses or they do like verse chorus solo verse chorus kind of thing yeah, or, so it's uh, or rather they, verse does... chorus, verse chorus solo. Yeah, verse, chorus. and then another verse, then a, I believe a solo. Yeah. So yeah, get one at the two minute mark, and then one again at the three minute mark. Um, and yeah, also fairly iconic solo, I think. Like I, well, I recognize it anyway from mm-hmm. listening to this song so much. Um, but short, it's like maybe ten or eleven seconds long. Like it's quick. Yeah. Yeah, it gets in and out really fast, and then it ends with like a, like a slide whistle almost. Is it like a, also the car horn? If you go to, it might be. If you go to two oh seven, you'll hear it just. Come oh, in. I see. The solo ends. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's like ah, I forget what those are called. I have one of those. I could go grab it. It's green it like and it a... goes woo. Wee! It's like a. It's it's like a whistle thing, but it has like a like a bead in it. So when you blow on it, it spins around. 
I guess okay. that happens in regular whistles as well, that to create turbulence or something. But it like spins. Mm. Anyway, I don't know what it does. Freak the shit out of my dog. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um, but anyway, yeah, I didn't notice that. That's a yeah. weird sound. <laughs> I don't. I feel like they could not have that, and it would be fine. Uh, yeah, you would lose nothing. <laughs> but it's also I've, so innocuous. I've never like... noticed it before. It's it's pretty well hidden. Yeah. Um, and as we come into the, after the second guitar solo, we're coming into the last big buildup so that we're getting some harsh hits on the symbols uh, that then switch up to the toms as mm-hmm. we get Roth screaming and the backup vocals just going consistent. And then it ends with just like a, it's a pretty distinct end. It's just dan, 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 and it's done. <laughs> it's very abrupt. Yeah, no fade out. I mean, that's probably kind of what they're going for and then the next song in the album is like an extended guitar solo so that's like the other side is so like this is eddie van halen check it out yeah you got the intro you understand the band now here's here's the main attraction and then there's a bunch of other songs um that i actually recognize several of them so i'm not gonna say they're not good or anything that wouldn't be very nice but alex Uh, wouldn't listen to them but i wouldn't listen to them uh no i i know ain't talking about love I know the cover of You Really Got Me. Don't know any of the other songs. Well, fair enough. This um, one says Feel Your Love. <gasps> the Digimon thing was relevant. <gasps> Bam. I'm on it. That was awesome. To reference something that happened before that. we started recording. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Just Alex, so we can alienate about... people. Yeah, that's good. Uh, our audience has said they feel too familiar and close with us. We need to build some barriers. I definitely uh, agree. <laughs> Alex, can we talk? It's not like a it's a concert footage, but it's the music video. Yeah, this is the one that, or maybe not the one. I think they have a couple of videos like this. If not, this is the one um, they would talk about on MTV. And they were like, look how great this music video is. And like, I don't think it's that great. It's straight but, up. This is just Blondie, but with dudes. <laughs> like that the is, amount of that time it spends true. on David Lee Roth and his fucking chest and just him being horny. He even has like a bunch of necklaces and like shiny clothes. Yeah, and like, blonde hair. like everything. It's just masculine blondie. And without and a plot, because usually blondie has some in- insane plot weaved in. That's true. There's no plot at all. Um, I'm just looking. Now, the guitar using this, I, I, th- I don't know when this video is done. I forgot to check. But I think it may have been not right away. Because... Right. Um, Eddie Van Halen is playing a guitar with the Frankenstrat pattern on it, but it's mm. not the Frankenstrat. It's a different guitar head. Right. I don't remember what that pattern is called. It's called Van Halen. It's called Van Halen. But it is the it is at least white and red. I think there's black on there. Also, I, I don't know if you've gotten a good look at Alex Van Halen, but he looks like every middle schooler who's ever played drums. He's got like a, you got a young face is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see the close-up of his face. He's got um, like 139. I will go to 139 so I can see Alex Van Halen. I've got to be supportive of Alex's. He does look very young here. Wow. Yeah, like very young. He looks exactly like the, like the guy who would be wearing a Van Halen like shirt in your middle school and be like, do I play drums? You're like, okay. (laughs) Sweet. Um, Yeah. So like, that's, that's pretty much it. It's a lot of focus on, on the singer. 
even though he in this case is not the singer who gives his or the band member who gives his name to the band and he performs like on a stage and it's kind of low quality yeah because it's old and um also the channel's called vh television which uh i think is like official van halen but like i don't know why they don't call it vh tv yeah but anyway strange vh television um but yeah that's the music video there's not a whole lot to it video my favorite moment is around like uh it starts at about 206 here where uh eddie van halen and michael anthony do the do the sway back and forth there sway dance yes yeah it's fucking dank as hell it's exactly the kind of thing that our good friends who we have not named from junior high and high school who like Van Halen would do sometimes. Yeah, because yeah, I think it just got emulated a lot. I don't know who came up with it. I think Kiss did something similar as well. Yeah, and of course uh, Gene Simmons had some small role to play in the, the startup of yeah, Van even Halen. If, was it him that wanted them to call themselves Daddy Longlegs? It I, is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <okay. laughs> and <laughs> both the tracks... Enough. He had them record with him. He was like, you got to put these fucking car horns in at the start. <laughs> like, what was the other one? The other one is a song called House of Pain. And it has a car horn? Yeah, on the demo at least. I think in the the oh, actual yeah. version, if there is an actual version of it, it's not there. But on the demo, he's like, you got to put these car horns in. <laughs> car horns, bro. I mean, I get running with the devil because it's about being on the road. But uh, anyway. Yeah, and, and also it's it's like situated at the start of the album. I think that's a great like intro into some hard rock. Yeah. Yeah, because he kind of, like, sets some expectations. Like, you don't jump right into the song. You kind of ease it in. Mm-hmm. And also creates this, like... I mean, a car horn is not a melodic sound. like it's Or a harmonic sound. It's very cacophonous. So Yeah. It starts to put you off kilter a little bit right from the start. Right from the start, baby. We're going to get off kilter right from the now. Because we're going to start talking about some cover versions. Unless you got anything else to say about the original. Nope, I'm ready to talk about some cover versions. Let's talk about Jakey Lee and Stephen Piercy in the year 2000. These two guys. So this is Jakey Lee was Ozzy's guitarist for quite a while. Yeah, for um, his first two solo albums, and he also toured with him for those. Yeah. So if and if you look at his um, Wikipedia page, the picture of him seems to be him doing some neck tapping, which is a technique popularized by Eddie Van Halen. Hey. hey. Um, he might also just be playing high up on the neck with a pick. I don't know, because it's a static image and it's hard to tell, but it kind of looks like he's doing that. Uh, the other guy, Stephen Piercy, is the singer from Rat. That's right. Uh, Jake E. Lee actually worked with Rat like before they were Rat, when they were actually called Mickey Rat. Hmm. A- after, I believe, I think one of the band members was named Mickey Rat. I could be wrong on that. But yeah, he's so Jake E. Lee has some I guess, some bad luck in getting fame. He's worked with a few like acts that all like produced albums after he left. So Rat, oh. um, a, a band called Rough Cut, and then luckily he got on with Ozzy Osbourne for bark at the moon and the ultimate sin which are both like platinum albums yeah so he's been like kind of a working musician in a lot of bands for a lot yeah these days he seems to just do like a a lot of tribute albums and a lot of just working with other people he doesn't seem to be interested in like 
getting his own band together or doing his own sort of career. He's just kind of working in the field. Right, which, I mean, he's a pretty good guitar player. Yeah. So, you know, whatever works, man. And yeah, so Stephen Piercy, best known as the founder, singer, songwriter, and sole remaining original member of Rat. Rat. Um, so we get like, we start off with like synths replacing the, the car horns on this. At least I believe yeah. they're synths. Yeah, it definitely, it's more like kind of metallic ringing sound, less like a car horn and yeah, more like a synthesized sound. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then, I mean, most of the differences in this one are going to be like tonal because this is yeah. a pretty close cover. These are like metal guys, hard rock guys, um, who are, who play it pretty close, um, but like the bass that comes into this is super deep, very deep yeah. bass sound, and like a little more distorted. We've jumped up the distortion mm-hmm. on like everything a bit. It's a little more crunchier. Yeah, this is like twenty years later, so there's some development in the field mm-hmm. as well. Get that distorted, crunchy sound. Um, uh, notably for lyric changes in this version, they do not uh, shout at a random lady. He says, you know what I'm talking about one time. <laughs> one time. One time. Um, yeah, a lot of that similar, like, ad-libbing kind of stuff. Because there's so much of that. So much of this is, like, a song focused around the front man. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that front man role fills up so much sonic space in the original that if you were to remove it completely you lose a lot yeah especially if you keep it in like the hard rock um context Mm -hmm. and like don't replace it with anything um but they i mean they do a pretty good job like this is a pretty solid i would definitely call it like a tribute or an Mm -hmm. homage more than anything because it's very close these guys seem to be up to the job like they do a pretty good job of it it sounds good um, and it's the problem is is like hard rock and metal are like a degree apart. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah, they're very close. So like if you want a more um distorted version, you get it. Uh like yeah. even the let's see. The um guitar solo is like very similar, but I think maybe changed a bit just cuz like the tone is different. Because, like, there's more sustain on the guitar. So, like, just to make the notes fit better and not, like, run together. Yeah, it is definitely inspired by the original guitar solo. Yeah, but still but, pretty similar. It, it Like, yeah. it sounds a bit less clean, but I think that's just because of the, the way they the way he does the sustain or something. Yeah, I think that's a stylistic choice. Yeah, yeah. Not a knock against the song, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and... There's also a lot of, like, subtle shredding kind of throughout the song. Because this is, like, an established professional, like, metal guitar player. So, like, yeah. he could do that. Just, like, casually every once in a while. Just, like, do some, like, quick runs or something and mm-hmm. between lines or whatever. And particularly, this is a good song for that kind of stuff on, in the um, verses because there is so much space. Um. Yeah, beyond that, I don't really have a lot else to say about this. I think you've covered it. Yeah. There's not a ton new here, really. 
Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit different sound with some fairly established musicians that maybe you're into these guys and you want to hear them play this song. So great. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of just like a novelty, or if you're into tribute albums, I guess. Hey, there you go. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, they got a whole album of '80s metal tribute, and so to to Van Halen specifically. So with that, we're gonna move into Blanche in 2004. So this is actually a song called Someday. Mm-hmm. Kind of. It's this it's a cover of Running with the Devil, but it was like a bonus track on the album. Yeah, this was, is I guess not listed. So it's part of a song called Someday in the this track. Is back listing. when like cassettes and CDs were the uh, the primary, if not only, method of delivering music to your ears. Yeah, and so it wasn't as obvious, and you're like, why is Someday twice as long as it should be? Hmm. Yeah, and then, so you just be leaving it on in your car, your CD player, and then suddenly this extra track starts up, and then you're like, oh my god, so that's what this Damn. is. It's a remnant from that age. It's a bonus track. A bonus track. That is but not, not listed. That is not listed, yeah. It's so this is actual by bonus the, track. Yeah. This is by the gothic indie country medicine show revivalists, as they refer to themselves, referred to by Wikipedia as alt country. Um, Blanche, they're from Detroit, and this is from their first album, If We Can't Trust the Doctors. Yeah, they dress up like old timey medicine show guys, I guess, and and perform like bluegrass music. Yeah, basically. Um, and interestingly, on this particular track, because I did sometimes just let the the whole song ride. Yeah, I listened to to the whole song a couple times, and I have no idea what they say in it, but, like, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It's It's a lot uh, of fast banjo, and, like, yeah, like I said, the vocals don't, it's like, get around, sing the rain, I'm like, okay, cool, yeah. (laughs) All right, yeah. Um, So what's interesting to me is that for this, this bonus track, they've really, uh, they've made it separate even in terms of uh, sound from the rest of their album they're going for an even more old-timey effect on this it opens up with some like vinyl crackle and pop on it yeah you get that like hiss sound Mm -hmm. um and it's definitely a lot more lo-fi you really feel you've lost a lot more frequencies between the first part and the second part of this or like between someday and then the running with the devil cover yeah so yeah, it's imitating this even like older country. We get, it sounds like a very old record recording. Uh, it starts out with like the two notes on the guitar and some little bit of noodling, but it's a country guitar. Yeah, it even sort of goes into like gospel territory with some mm-hmm. of the lyrics because they change the lyrics a little bit. So that's right. So it's a big, um, like, slow, yeah. long drawl on the vocals. There's a, I forgot to mention the bass, which is the same heartbeat, but on a much more, like, acoustic-sounding stand-up bass. Yeah, and also because it's so, like, lo-fi, mm-hmm. you don't get those, like, really low frequencies or anything, but you can yeah. hear the kind of the bass rattle almost. Yeah. So, what, yeah, one of the big things that I thought was uh, a good move, particularly in the style they're playing with, is that lyrical change you mentioned. Mm-hmm. You want to tell us about that, Alex? I will. So, I mean, basically, for the running with the devil part, one, they changed the melody of that, and it's kind of like a slow, harmonized part where they say, running with the devil. And then at the end, they add 
but Jesus is calling me home. So it mm-hmm. becomes this like gospel thing. Yeah. And that I thought that was just a good, a very simple, small change fits right in. And yeah, really especially with the way they've song. done the song. Like they've changed the, um, the melodies around to make it kind of this new verse. Like it's the same thing. They still sing, I live my life like this, no tomorrow. But it's like, it just, it feels very, very different, but it feels like it fits because it's this like kind of outlaw country attitude gospel thing of like, I'm being tempted, but you know, I need to maybe follow Jesus or whatever. Yeah. It's like, well, uh, the Lord, it, yeah, it's just like, hey, you know, it's the opposite of the devil, Jesus. Yeah. Throw him in there. Um, yeah. There is something funny about the pace that they're singing this song at and then him singing the line, a pace that kills pace that kills yeah <laughs> it's too slow it's because you can't run away from the danger because you're That's so right. slow yeah um but other than that yeah they do like a really good job of just putting it in this sound i i think because it's more like this bluegrass country sound it's kind of more in the like pentatonic scale area mm-hmm. i didn't really confirm that but i think that would make it sound more country um and they've got this like slide guitar playing as well that's yeah. kind of where the main riff is and banjo. There's a banjo. Of course, it's got to be a banjo. Yeah, and just like the kind of almost lazy pace of everything, it's they've really uh, like singled out what makes an old country song sound like old country, and replicated that I would say perfectly on a, a cover of Van Halen's "Running with the Devil." Yes, it's very cool. It is very cool. Yeah. Um, should we continue our journey into to country slash bluegrass covers? <laughs> we should because um we got a few to talk about. That's right. So let's talk about Hasey Dixie in 2005. Hasey Dixie. Now we have talked about Hasey Dixie before. When was it? It was Poison. I was Poison. 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 They have also covered oh Africa God. and Take On Me, which we didn't talk about them on those episodes. Yeah, because that was 2020 they covered both of those. Yeah, so that was that didn't exist yet. Um, and their band name is a pun. We mentioned this last time, but I always forget it. Is a pun on, on ACDC. ACDC. Yeah. Um, which I think was their first album was all ACDC covers. Yeah, it's a hillbilly tribute to ACDC, is I believe the name. And they call their music style rock grass. That's right. Because it's like it's bluegrass, but it's kind of fast, I guess. Yeah, because it's inspired by rock and roll. and so Yeah, I guess it's all rock and roll music, but done in bluegrass style. Yeah. Rock grass. Rock grass. Um, yeah, so they do have the opening like Doppler sound, but they play it on a violin. Yeah. But it's a kind of screechy sound. Mm-hmm. And then it's so yeah, that goes and we're immediately assaulted by this uh sort of springy mm-hmm. noise. Um oh you're talking about the boink 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 boink. Yeah. That's what you're talking about? Uh that yes. that only plays in the bayous and the Australian outback. Nowhere that else. is that is an instrument that has many names. Um I actually own or owned one at one point because I had a, a substitute teacher who played one, and I was like, mm-hmm. I gotta get one of those, and they're cheap. Um, it's called 
a Jews harp, a jaw harp, a mouth harp, a guga, a glimbard, a combus, a trump, an Ozark harp, a ge- I don't know if this is Gal- Galician harp or Merchunga. That last one's the best one for sure. Merchunga. Yeah, I always knew it as a mouth harp and one time heard it called a Jew harp. I don't know where that comes from. It's um, not the first time we've talked about Jews harp on no, this No, it's podcast. not. Um, but yeah, it's basically just like this metal frame uh, that's rounded on one end so you can hold it. And then it sticks out in like two pieces of metal with a, a thinner piece of metal between them. So you put the two thick pieces of metal on your lips and then mm-hmm. you flick the the thin piece of metal and it just kind of wow uh, like it vibrates and then you use your mouth to um amplify it so uh, it can do that like sound and that's what they're doing here well and that's what's in this song there's also a bass guitar um mm-hmm. and it's playing much much faster that's kind of the hallmark of this version well among other things, but yeah, we it's cut much, off about a faster. minute on this one because they just the pace they're playing, cooking through it. Um, his vocals are kind of like talked, sang, but you know, there's a bit of a country twang to him. Sorry, excuse me. Um, yes. Um, also, again, I mean, we're talking about bluegrass stuff, banjo. Uh, they have the the lick is on the guitar and the banjo mm-hmm. um, and they kind of strip out that extra ornamentation which i think makes sense because it's so much faster it would be kind of awkward to fit in i talked about how much space there was they're really just compressing that space yeah um, so it would be strange if they're doing a ton of super fast licks everywhere because i don't know it would get tiring after a while i think Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like a lot of the things are just, you know, the original but countryfied, like the backup vocals. Um, he does do some ad libbing, but it's just a lot of like talking like who yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, lots of who yeah coming into the chorus. Yeah. Lots of that. And of course I do hear some of the like I'm gonna tell you one timelines, but I I never hear the like what was the beginning of that line? God damn it, lady. God damn it, lady. Like, I, I don't hear that. Yeah, I didn't hear any uh, God damn it, lady on this one. But I, I feel say, like. Come on one more time. Yeah. I, but Give that's it to referring me one more time. to the. Uh, is it a banjo solo or a mandolin? Um, I thought it was a banjo. It's very fast as well. I mean, they basically play the same solo. Yeah, or that's what I, I, which is why I think he solo. says one more time. Yeah, and then he does it again. Um, but. Yeah, very obviously, like everything in the song, sped up, but like it's the same solo. Yeah. Um, the big difference in the second verse is that we start getting some strings in the in the instrumentation. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. And then they come back again, uh, sort of after the mandolin solo. We do a sort of just a rotation on quick little solos. We get the strings, we get the banjo, and then that kind of takes us out. another quick ending it's a da na na they're they're done yes it's a quick ending uh again similar to the original and uh well there is right at the end so like the, there's a violin solo right near the end um and like pretty short and then 
they like go back into the rift, but the banjo just starts going wild. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's their like big ending, and then boom, over, like you said. Yeah, it's uh, high energy, high amounts of country content. Yeah, I think what we said, we talked about them previously, and I think what we said is like, seems like it'd be fun. Like, if you saw this live, definitely like very fun novelty right. in a live setting. Um, and I, I, I don't know how much I'd listen to them in my other time though probably well, not i, I think I, haven't. I, I think you thought their version of poison would be fun to listen to oh maybe i also might be getting the mixed up because uh because yeah on, on, the, on poison about. they do this <laughs> <laughs> i hated that and i still hate it for the record uh, i gotta actually re-listen to these old versions and then i'll remember fucking alex we thought hasty i think they do fine on this i think the the energy works i think the uh you know they do enough stuff that seems different enough i don't like this style of music but i think it's better than their efforts on poison there you go with that we're gonna talk about john cowan and the john cowan band in the year 2006 The next bluegrass version. But this is yeah. progressive bluegrass. Prog bluegrass. Supposedly. Yeah, because he's uh, he's known for American soul music and progressive bluegrass. He's a vocalist and bassist, known for his time with the new grass revival. And he, uh, I guess, currently or recently, since nobody's really touring at the moment, he uh, <laughs> tours with the Doobie Brothers as their bassist and vocalist. That's pretty cool. I don't know if the main vocalists are just backups, but he does vocals. And he can hit some high notes, I tell you that. He does that a few times on this. Yeah, the album cover here says featuring David Lee Roth, but not in this song. It's not in this song. Huh. It's a it's a cover album of Van Halen songs called Strummin' with the Devil, the Southern Side of Van Halen, colon, a tribute. There's two colons in the title. Wow. That's too many. That is too many. Um, but yeah, he's there's no... There's no David Lee Roth in this version, despite the yeah. album featuring him. Mm-hmm. So this one takes a much slower approach than the uh, Hasty Dixie version. We've got a sort of tense rhythm on a violin. That's doom, 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 doom. Okay. And, and there was a. Oh, that's that's always great to hear in conversation. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yo, oh, yo, fucking is there, man? You fucking yeah, think okay. so? All right, man. So, and we also get like a a, a quieter moan of violins to than than Hasty Dixie had to imitate the car horns at the start, right at the beginning. Yeah, and then this kind of seems like there's like a bit of an effect there, kind of you know create that that Doppler effect of a car passing by you, kind of thing. Yeah. And then we open up with some vocals, some, oh, yeah, and then the, the violin comes in, rhythm guitar. Uh, eventually, this finger-picking banjo starts building in over it. Yeah, because you got to have a picking banjo. This is a mm-hmm. bluegrass song. Um, There is eventually that heartbeat bass. I don't think it comes in on the first verse. 
Um, it comes in before the verse, I think. It might drop okay, out. For the I feel verse. like it's not. Yeah, it drops out, comes back for the chorus. Um, it's definitely this version's like a lot more layered than the other bluegrass ones because they're both very like simple. Well, yeah, they're they're both fairly simple. Um, the Hazy Dixie one less so, obviously, but it's like mostly just fast. But this mm-hmm. one has like a lot of other stuff. Like they've got, um, like even all the stuff you've been talking about already. Like there's there's violins and there's banjo and like they're doing kind of different things. Like it'll play the the riff. But before it was like we're playing the riff on two instruments. Now it's like this is playing the riff, but then it'll do some other stuff because the banjo yeah. it does the picking. It's like there's yeah, more it stuff does that going. Picking. Um, you got backup vocals that are some bluegrass shit. Certainly they are. Certainly they are. Um, the violin solo comes in around 109 and is similar. It's a violin version of the guitar solo from the original. Yeah, which, like, it seems to make sense when the violin plays it, like, the way the solo sounds. It's like, yeah, this sounds like like you should play it on a violin. I don't know. It yeah, it sounds pretty me. natural on there. Yeah. They're just like, like, the way it does those triplets now yeah in this version um i think close to the three minute mark if you go like 250 and let it run for a bit he says god damn it woman i ain't gonna have to tell you again one more time am i brings it back eh um yeah he brings it back but in a more threatening way (laughs) this Maybe it was David Lee Roth's idea. He probably wasn't involved in this album. Maybe, but because and originally he says, "God, God damn it, lady, you know I ain't lying. I'm only gonna tell you one time." And this one he says, "God damn it, woman, I ain't gonna have to tell you again one more time, am I?" Which sounds like a threat. That does sound like a threat. Honestly, the original like could be a threat, but this is like definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, neither of them are friendly, certainly, but this one it seems yeah, a lot one less. Sounds great um i don't know exactly what makes this progressive certainly not its views on women not its views on women that was me high-fiving myself and i mean i think that that's it from that's it that i noticed that's it it's 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 slow i'm comparing it to hasty dixie because that's almost the easiest way to do it it's slower um, there's True. more violin in there, uh, more impressive vocal work, some real high notes that this dude hits. I can understand why the Doobie Brothers would let him tour with them. Let him, yeah. Um, and maybe it's just because it was like the third bluegrass version in a row, but at this point I was getting a bit sick of it. You a little fucking tired of it? <laughs> yeah, you <better. laughs> um, I was worried, like, composing this playlist. I was like, is it all going to be fucking country just because the word devil is in the song? Yeah, I get. I mean, even the the genius annotation brings up Friend of the Devil. Yeah. Which kind of similar themes. So you mm-hmm. get a little Grateful Dead in there. So, yeah, I do like to talk about the devil. But everything takes a, a turn for the weirder as we go into 2012 with Unto Ashes. Unto 
ashes so this is another like kind of niche revivalist type group yeah they call their genre bloodlit bloodlit um what did i i saw yeah that's a weird name uh (laughs) the description the more general description was they were a musical ensemble and they incorporate madrigal folk and neo-medieval music yeah, along with, if what was it, like dark, dark Wave or something? Oh, yeah, Dark Wave. Were they Dark Wave? Yeah, because um, it comes up twice in this. Uh, there's okay. Another... I didn't see yeah. that they were Dark Wave, but there's another another artist that talks about Dark Wave. Yeah, so in their own description on Spotify, and I'm pulling this out as I do when I hate the way people describe their music. <laughs> Um, the quote is, their highly original music is informed by the medieval dirges, apocalyptic folk, spinning and harvest chants, witchery, and German romantic sensibilities. That's certainly a lot of things. Uh, it goes on to I say think... that their music is all and none of these things, which is uh, just as pretentious as it gets. Guess, hey, but... how can it be none of those things? And if it's none of those things, why would you describe yourself as those things? And how can your And if there's more, why don't you tell us about it? How can your highly original music, which I didn't know there were uh levels of originality. I, I thought it was just original or not original. This is high, man. This is high level. Highly original is informed by a bunch of old shit. Yeah, really. Uh I'm just always impressed in a way when we come across groups like this like how dedicated they are to this like very like the like one aesthetic Mm -hmm. like they're very much into this like this old school folk neo-medieval like ren fair thing yeah and i'm like cool like i'm glad you're into that i wouldn't be able to dedicate my life to that no, good God, no! It's uh, we could barely dedicate ourselves to the concept of this podcast for a year without doing a movie review episode. We did do that. Yep, we, we did do that. These guys have been doing it since 1997. Whew. So, and two of the members. Uh, this is my favorite part of the Wikipedia uh, article: is them, them listing the band members, and then it lists the names Spider Grandmother and Jeremy Bastard. And feels the need to put in brackets that those are pseudonyms. <laughs> yeah. no, don't worry, guys. Those are real names. It's not real names. We're we're well adjusted. It's just a it's just a aesthetic thing. All right. Maybe they should have called their band Daddy Longlegs. <laughs> yeah, Daddy Longlegs with Spider Grandmother and Jeremy Bastard. I would listen to that band. Yeah. And and we did. We listened to this band. We did. We listened they're to this not band. Daddy even Long Legs. They're called band. Unto Ashes. Did we say that yet? We did say that. Okay, I couldn't remember. I, I always say it right in the this is the band. This is the year. I mean, that's a that's a good idea, and um, you should keep doing it. Uh, yeah, I've been doing it for years, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about this. It opens with this sort of like almost like that orchestral tuning noise you hear. Yeah, it's something of orchestras. That... Yeah, it's something we've heard, I think, a couple times in a lot of these songs. They use this, like, kind of ambient drone mm-hmm. sound. It's kind of like a string, one note, like a long bow on a string. But, like, if you listen to it for long enough, it almost sounds like it could be, like, a bagpipe or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, like, yeah. maybe a low horn 
and it's probably a synthesizer at the end of the day but it's kind of stretches out for so long your brain starts to like morph it into different things and be like what is that what is going on right. why is it still there kind of yeah case. it does stay there for just about forever yeah i still call it a string drone though yeah that's what it sounds like at the start so that's yeah. what i gave it <laughs> Um, then what comes on top of that is your spooky guitar arpeggio, a little dun, 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 which is mimicking the uh, guitar pattern of the original. I now realize as I've thought about it. Yeah, it's kind of reinterpretation um, mm-hmm. situation, similar but different. And then we get some soft, whispery female vocals. Yeah, you got that spaciness going on in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And they get backed up. They stay pretty consistent until the word kills at the end of the first verse where it gets harmonies on that word. Yes, that's the big that's the big turning point. And then like the drone starts to fade out going into the chorus, and there's like these really big, deep drum hits. Yeah, big bassy drum hits. Then it's, like, uh, they also get this that like the right before that there's when they're on the harmonies they do this like ah, which like yeah. kind of reminded me what's the beatles song um because because the beatles song because because ah, just for like a second okay I'll allow it. Um, what comes in? Is this an organ doing the the two big notes at the start of the chorus? I think so. Dun, dun, dun. I, it's almost a little brassy. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's another case of like a synthesizer because it does sound a little organy. It does sound a little brassy. Right. I think it's trying to sound like a big church organ or something. Yeah. So you get that like pipe organ thing but it i don't think they have that and it doesn't quite hit that and yeah i i i was a little unclear on what it was as well yeah and then like after that there is a big uh either horn or again this weird brass synth organ that plays on the second verse a bit that one sounds a lot more brassy you go to like two minutes, you can hear it. Right. So, yes, you know, that it's... one does have much more of a brassy sound. The what they've kind of done though is like, if it's brass, it's missing a lot of the like really high frequency sounds that you get from brass. I think. Right. And I think it makes sense to remove that in this context because that is kind of already part of that drone. So mm. they kind of be bumping up against each other i think right um i believe that but it also makes the horn sound a little weird like it's very deep and like i don't want to say fake but it does sound a little synthesized and it probably is probably but uh yeah it's kind of it's kind of a weird brass sound like it's very smooth low brass sound yeah um yeah and this one just kind of uh, fades out like it's very it's all very low there's never any really big pickup moments uh, it's fairly even and then it just fades out after they say they feel like they've said running with the devil enough times 
Yeah, I mean the the build really is that weird horn thing. Yeah. For the second, but like that's it, and you get that sort of, um, that drone with the high frequencies, like creating some level of tension, but it's pretty consistent throughout, and very slow. Yeah. Um, I can't really. It didn't sound super like medieval to me which maybe that's the point it's supposed to be an update of that or whatever yeah maybe did it strike you as blood lit um it didn't strike me as particularly lit blood or otherwise um but yeah we kind of get this i i would compare it to what is done in the like low parts of the like epic trailer music before the gunshot mm. sound effect kind of thing. Yeah, you're yeah. right. It does sound like this needs a second half to it, whether it's like a a downturn into some really heavy metal or like an epic trailer. Dun, dun. Yeah. You're like something to just like... It would be interesting if this did like stay low, but add just like kind of just like a really distorted guitar or something. Um, and then suddenly become like this metal song. Yeah. Because I think we've seen that before. Um, but yeah, it's pretty even. And if... I thought it was, like, fine. Like, they clearly have an aesthetic they're going for. Um, not the most engaging thing to me, though. No. And, I mean, it's 2012. They, uh, they're they probably pretty set in their way of how they... Right. How they compose something on. of this nature. I mean, they're still making music now. They got a release from 2019. Yeah. I uh, it's not for me. I tell you that much. And I don't think it's a very like I like I said. I feel like it's missing something. I don't think it's a very good take on this song. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't go the extra mile and yeah, really, I mean, the other really have, have the it. something something extra that makes it feel unique. Like uh, like the the Blanche version where it's like where they kind of made it this gospel thing, and added lyrics that made it make sense in that context yeah. which the other um bluegrass covers don't really do don't do yeah if they had done like some whispered poetry in this like a almost like a patty smith kind yeah of add like a add yeah like a slow slam poetry sesh yeah to the background instead of the backup vocals or the like ad lib stuff that, that might be interesting there's definitely all i feel like all these things you're mentioning we've seen in other covers that's very yeah. interesting i guess it's, that's it's, where you get inspiration from is <laughs> other people doing stuff that's right oh, yeah that's fun that's yeah so it's like a eh. it's different from the other ones and i appreciate it for that but i think it could be more and that's where we're gonna leave it as we talk about the bird and the bee in uh whatever fucking year that is 2019 everything 2019. from this point on is 2019 2019 Um, the bird and the bee. Now we've talked about the bird and the bee before. Uh, they, I mean, they've covered a bunch of stuff, but for us, we talked about them on the rich girl episode. Hell yeah. Um, they, and that was from their, cause they have a whole album, um, of tributes to, of tribute songs for 
them. It's called Interpreting the Masters. Volume 1 is a tribute to Daryl Hall and John Oates. Volume 2 is this one, a tribute to Van Halen. Tribute to Van Halen, which is an interesting choice and not what I would expect from a group that describes themselves as jazz-influenced electropop, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, I would expect Volume 1, I would expect jazz-influenced electropop to do a tribute to Daryl Hall and John Oates, but not Van Halen, so... Yeah, it just does seem like an odd choice, and uh, they they also call themselves a knowing update on swinging easy listening, which I feel like I got some vibe of that from this. Yeah, definitely, and this kind of like the modern electronic um, side of that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I read the word space age somewhere in terms of their description. And that uh, it, it this does to me feel like it would be in a, a modern live action Jetsons movie. Jetsons movie? <laughs> that's, a, that's my concept of space age. Man, what was the music like in the Jetsons? I'm mean, um, not like Jetson? this, probably. But <laughs> his wife. What's his wife's name? Jane. His wife. Jane. His wife. Wait, that's yeah, all I remember line? of that. Damn it. Um, his son. Elroy? His son, Elroy. His daughter, too. Mm. Yeah. There's a dog. There's a robot. Robot's named Rosie. Yeah, that's the robot made Rosie, and the dog is named Space. Space. (laughs) Jet? Jet? I want to say it's like Gyro or something. That actually... Astro. Astro. I was close. I got the O. Yeah, she definitely had one letter right. Um, okay, so this version, because they have, like, the synths. They got, we got mm-hmm. the synths now. So they yeah, do... Yeah, that's, that's Greg Kirsten. So it's, uh, Anara oh, right, George right, does right. the vocals, and she is the bird. And Greg the Kirsten, bird. the multi-instrumentalist and seven-time Grammy winner, is the bee He's who the does bee. the instruments. Um, so the synthesizer comes in, does the, um, does the Doppler car horn. And sounds pretty convincing, I assume it's a synthesizer this time. It sounds more synth-like to me than yeah. horn-like, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, so you get that. It's uh, it, yeah, it definitely sounds like it's done on a synth, and he's just turning a knob to get it to go down. Like, yes. easy, it works. Power sounds down good. Sound. And then, and then we get the heartbeat synth. It might bass. actually be a combination, uh, like synth, bass, and drum on that. And then that sort of cuts to give us actually, no, we get the build in of the piano doing the guitar part and then that cuts to give us the first verse. Yeah. So you get the riff on the piano, which I think sounds pretty good and kind of gives it, I'm trying to, I think they're making it a little groovy the way they play it. It's a little, mm-hmm. a little like swung or something. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely trying to be smooth, and the the tone of it and the the play style speak to that. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's drums. The drums come in with the piano as well. Yeah, they exist. Um, you get some ambiance, some synth known. noises in the back while that's happening as well. Yeah, that's something we noticed kind of in the other version as well. Is there's like some background, lots of like synths in the background doing synthy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, then her vocals come in. They've got a bit of a, an echo on them to give you sort of a sense of space. There's a little bit of processing on them. But they're accompanied by just the piano doing chords. Yes, yeah, so that's when everything cuts down. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, geez, I lost my spot. <laughs> yeah, that's her vocals. And honestly, I, I saw a YouTube video of them performing this live, and I mm-hmm. didn't think her vocal performance was very good live. But maybe it's just a bad Maybe it's just, it was just at the beginning, actually. Maybe. She needed to get into it, you know? Could be it, Alex. So, I don't want to be mean because it wasn't bad. <laughs> just there were some hiccups. Um, where are we going? Yeah, cuts down for that verse. And then, of course, back into the... That piano comes back in. Instead of just holding chords, plays that riff for that chorus. Mm-hmm. As you might expect. I feel like it's going really hard at this point. Yeah. It sounds like that to me. Yeah, in the it's, in the chorus. It sounds like this piano part would be enjoyable to play. Yeah, I'll, it sounds like you're getting some it. real weighty hits on those keys. Yeah, because it's just like... Dun, 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 dun. I don't know. I'm into it. Yeah, it's getting, they, they do a good job of maintaining a driving rhythm in this piece. Like, overall, it's a lot... <laughs> calmer and smoother than the original obviously but they they managed to maintain the rhythm which gives it a sense of energy that sounds that sounds nice sounds very it does nice. sound nice doesn't it yeah yeah and i mean that on top of that um or maybe as a part of that the way the piano is played kind of adds to that like groove mm-hmm. for sure um and then her vocals on this part in particular, like on the the running with the devil line, has like a uh, like a synthetic kind of sheen on it. It's very, uh, I think, it, like intentionally artificial slash space age. Right, I think so. Um, and I think part of that is um, kind of emulating the original version. There's so much overdubbing on this part for the running with the devil lines. Right. That. You kind of, if you want to do that, like have to sound this way. It's true. To some degree. I think. Um, let's see. Then, the, um, yeah, second verse, similar to the first. Piano chords come in twice as fast. It's hitting those yeah. notes twice as often. And there's a the drum track is very quiet in the background. Right, they bring the drum track in, but it's kind of similar to the original in that there's sort of the chorus version and the verse version, and in the chorus there's like double hits sometimes, and then the verse they make it single hits. Um, so mm-hmm. we're doing the single hit version now. There yeah. was no drums for the first one, now just a single hit version. Yeah, and so then we're into from the second verse, we go back to the chorus again. It's consistent. And then after that, we get a uh, piano solo. Which is the guitar solo, pretty much. Yeah, with a couple of little uh, extra notes added in here and there. Yeah, to make it a little more piano-like, but very, very close. And Mm -hmm. add this very, like, it's a very synthy synth. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, like this is like retro futurist synth, like oh yeah, real like buzzy and spacey. Yeah, like this is if you were, if someone's like, what does a synthesizer sound like? This is what I would probably go to first, even though synthesizers can sound like fucking anything. Anything, but that's like the like when people think of synth, like that's the yeah. At least for me, 
Um, that and uh, fucking I think we're alone now by Tiffany. Yeah, synth solo sound because that's. Um, yeah, so they get yeah these synth sweeps in the background, and then the piano uh, solo ends on this like run up. So I don't know, yeah. it's a little different. A little different. I think that's built to to kind of end on an energetic thing when you're going up like that. It's like energy. Yeah, it's like something's something's coming next. We're not settling. We're going. We're going back to and the second verse again. Back to the second verse, but keeps the. Um, no, I've read the wrong thing. Doesn't keep anything. Um, no, it's, it's keeps the faster chords, and the drums are double hits. Yeah, that's important. I've decided. That's right. Yeah. So it's just these minor techniques to keep uh, sort of the song's progression going upwards, even as we come back to the verse. Yeah. And then, yeah, um, the rest yeah. of it's kind of similar to that. Like, they come in another chorus, but with the synth sweeps. Yeah. And, like, that's what I noticed anyway. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the, the kind of the similar, you know, you start saying running with the devil a bunch. You add in whatever instruments you need to make it feel big, which in this case is, uh, like, some synth sweeps. And then it comes to the end, which is a fade-out on this one. A coward's fade-out, mind you. Oof, coward's fade-out. That's a shame. <sighs> but yeah, but, I didn't think I would like this one that much, but it's I I do like some of the things going on in this. Yeah, they managed to keep like a pretty good pretty lively atmosphere throughout the whole thing, which I think yeah. works pretty well. Um one more thing I want to shout out on this live version I was watching. Mm-hmm. Uh on YouTube, there's one point in the song where the bird who is singing like goes to the front of the stage and like crouches down you know like a performance mm-hmm. thing and there's this guy standing really close who just like does not want to look at her <laughs> probably is feeling very awkward maybe i'm just projecting but he's yeah. like looking straight ahead and like not acknowledging that there's a woman crouching right beside him i don't know that's, that's kind of yeah. funny what are you doing but i would do the yet? same thing I'm sure. Like, oh no, I'm just standing here. <laughs> like, well, I mean, if it's a different kind of show, you might scream and reach towards the person. Um, I suppose, yeah. But if this is not that kind of show. That would be actually pretty hilarious if he had done that as soon as she walked up and crouched, just screamed and reached. That would be a little terrifying. Yeah. A little anyway, much. I'm getting off topic. You are this. getting off topic, Alex. But we're about to get on to. The topic of burn the earth in the year 2019 burn earth burn the earth uh, apparently burn the earth is a death clock song yeah uh I don't know if these guys were directly inspired by that. Yeah, like going down the first Google page, there's bands called Burn the Earth. The most famous is obviously this Death Clock song. And then there's some other people have songs called Burn the Earth as well, which I don't know if it's a cover of the Death Clock song or it's just a coincidence. Yeah. But this is a two-man rock band based in Melbourne, which is Australia and also Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Los Angles. Uh, Jeremy Bornstein and mm-hmm. Paul Seven. 
yeah, Paul Seven, Seven being the guitarist and Jeremy Bornstein being the vocals. Um, no Doppler, no Doppler intro on this one. Um, no. And if you want to know what this version is like, overall, they do much more metal. It's much more metal. Yeah, it's it's like it's somehow even crunchier than the uh, than the Jakey Lee and Stephen Piercy version. Yeah, they've just made it very. I mean, there's a lot of distortion on the bass, a lot of distortion on the guitar. Obviously, a ton more sustain on the guitar. I think is a big part of it. Yeah. Um, and other than that, like it's pretty close, but I would say the vocals in particular very very compressed i guess that's yeah, comp- sort of their sound pressed, but like it's very noticeable and very talk singy yeah i kind of it seemed almost like i didn't want to call it lazy but that was the descriptor i came up with yeah well it's not like but it's a, kind of his quite... i assume their sound like this is what yeah does, but i it's think not you very can get a more nuanced deep vocal performance and this is sort of just what they could do. And yeah. there's not a lot of uh, vocal ad-libbing on this. And since this version is just two dudes, I mean, you get some drums on this. You get the crunchy right. guitars. But there's this space that is missing because really there's no high-energy vocals. Almost sounds like a like Iggy Pop vocal. Oh, or yeah, it's trying almost. to imitate that sort of... Like yeah. David Bowie produced Iggy Pop vocal. Um, anyway, so maybe that's what they're going for. Maybe. But um, very compressed version of that. Very compressed. They also do something. Their use of Running with the Devil, the title line, is actually similar to The Bird and the Bee. It's uh, very processed to sound to sound like sort of synthetic and almost robotic. Yeah, which I guess is part of the whole thing sounding... Um, more distorted um but yeah yeah i mean and also because there's only two of them and i don't know if the guitar player is part of the vocals but maybe you would sort of distort some of the vocals more just to make it sound like it's not just one dude being overdubbed but you also get like more there's more of like a digital kind of artifacty sound on them yeah uh with that distortion again that's part of the sound Mm-hmm. So yeah, overall, it's like a compressed recreation of the the original, with a an emphasis on metal, uh, sort of techniques. Yeah, yeah. In particular, like they do have some of those like guitar flourishes that you would get in the verse space, mm-hmm. um, and they don't stand out as much. I don't think though even though they do a similar technique in this version of like increasing that as they go through maybe it's just because of the way the tone is they're not as noticeable or maybe it's maybe they're just less interesting i don't know maybe yeah because i think the tone is set up more to build like a background than to cut through the foreground yeah that makes sense um one thing i got here is in in the i think it's in the repetition of the second verse i don't know if he does it in the first time he says the second verse, but he says, I found the simple life is so simple. Yeah, he does say it's so simple. I think he says that maybe more than one. I think he says might say that on the first one as well. So I don't know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> that doesn't check for me. Yeah. Or is like, I thought it was going to be simple. I was right. Life is simple. Living on the road. Love it. Okay. 
Yeah, I guess. Like, that makes sense. Maybe. I guess it's, yeah. Like, it's a coherent thought. Yeah, I mean, it's not, like, outlandish. It's just the exact opposite of what yeah. <laughs> the original suggests. So, yeah, I guess that's fine. Yeah. Um, he says, hear this, and then we get the second guitar solo. Is this here? I, yeah, I, I thought he was a little bit hard to hear. Mm-hmm. So I was like, something about this. <laughs> and then they do a solo. And they do a solo. The solos are both, like, pretty much note for note, the original. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like a lo-fi metal production with, like, a couple of uh, tricks. But I don't think it has much in the terms of, uh, like, interesting hooks. Yeah, I agree, and I was, like, a little off-put by the level of compression on the vocals, but probably that's not actually, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. I'm um, sure if that, I heard it again, I wouldn't care. You might not. With that, let's talk about our final cover, uh, Jennifer Hope in 2019. Jennifer Hope. recording artist from los angeles who focuses on synth and ethereal sounds um this version or at least a version of it there's two versions of it one of them is the trailer remix and we're talking about the original version that's probably of it but the trailer remix was uh actually listened to by eddie van halen and he said the following when I heard Jennifer Hope's trailer remix version of Running With The Devil, I was blown away. It is a very powerful, unique approach, and I couldn't have done better myself. So, uh, there you go. Great. That's great. Good. I, um... What do you think, Alex? Is Eddie Van Halen a fucking dipshit? Um, I feel <laughs> like it's tough being put in that kind of a position. See, if, like, I'm not saying he's lying. But, like, what are you going to be like? No, this is a piece of shit. Why would you make me listen to this? Fuck off. <laughs> like, yeah, I I feel like, yeah, Gene Simmons would pull that kind of move. If you're like, Gene Simmons, they did this remix of your song. He'd be like, I fucking hate this. But if you give it to, like, Eddie Van Halen, who has, like, I, I, I presume had some tact. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, this is good. I like that it was, because all he says is that it's different. Uh, that he couldn't have done better himself, which which may well be true. He couldn't have done a better version of this himself yeah, because he'd have maybe he'd just, just throwing some killing guitar solos if he did it <laughs> and like I, I don't think it's bad but i i definitely think it fits in with that slow i mean i'm not surprised there's an epic trailer version of this yeah it seems sort of built for that yeah so i wouldn't consider that terribly terribly unique or interesting yeah and it's also the longest version we're talking about today just under five minutes it is um, this one opens with sort of echoed vocals instead of the, the That's your ethereal gothic noise. dark wave vocal. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's she's the other dark wave person on this. Yes. Um, yeah. So you get some of that and a little bit of playing in your headphones. It goes from left to right and back again. And then she starts whispering, running with the devil a bit. Yeah. She's got a, her like backup vocal thing is like this echoey whisper. It's been like running, running, running. The devil. And also, I think like reversed vocals possibly just running with the devil backwards but you get that like right now walk down sound you know like when you reverse yeah. vocals mm. that's yeah, what I, i'm hearing anywhere i uh i do seem to recall hearing some of that um maybe more later on might be yeah later in the piece uh we get some piano coming in it's it's super slow it's just 
a couple of big bass piano notes just boom boom yes and then Dun. she's singing kind of at the same time so like the piano is just like kind of punctuating her yeah. vocals um and sings very slow obviously the whole thing is very slow um with that sort of like auto tune effect going on that you like when you crank it up a bit crank up the the pitch correction just to make it kind of give you an effect right that's what it sounds like to me anyway you might be right alex I might be. Maybe that's a compression thing, too. I'm not sure. Maybe. Um. Anyway, when we come out of the... Uh, there's not, like, a big transition to the chorus. It just kind of happens. And and we get this uh, distortion guitar. And then her uh, kind of kicking up her vocals a bit. Um, yes. Sorry. Yeah. Lost, but I'll find my place. There's, like... When she goes into the chorus, yeah, she and she like kind of sings up higher too. Yeah, like running, running. and then that distortion. Um, running with the devil. So she does technically change the chorus in that she says "running twice," right, in a row. Yeah, but it's not just, that different. Not that. Different. I mean, yeah, it is overall, but the lyrics aren't that different. Yeah, the lyrics aren't different, but yeah, it does give you a different pacing for it. Um, and then, yeah, we get a sort of instrumental break with some whispering, um, some, some, some kind of percussions thrown in there. Some like, yeah, like drums hit stuff. Like, I don't know that much about percussion. There's a bunch of percussion sounds hitting like different drums. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's not like a rock beat, you know, Mm -hmm. except not at that point. It kind of is later. Yeah, so it uh it becomes more prominent in the second verse. Um yes. particularly just the big notes it hits. There's piano at the uh, I've kind of mixed in low doing a just a a kind of driving rhythm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And then around 250 we get a piano and whispers solo. Yes. Now this is really where I noticed all those like whispery sounds and kind of got I don't know if it's reversed. It might be just some, like, Latin or something. Like, I don't know. I don't know Latin. I feel like I, if she put Latin in this, I wouldn't be too surprised. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm picking up on that reverse sound quality, but I'm oh, hearing well, I something, I heard that, something that could be Latin. I wouldn't know. We don't learn Latin in school. You know in, like, TV shows when they're like, and this guy's learning Latin. You're like, never had that option i think that's supposed to make them seem like nerdy either nerdy or like wealthy and out of touch oh maybe you know because they're like look they're going to harvard and learning latin 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 but even like my dad told me they used to have like they went to mass like catholic mass was in latin oh damn until fairly recently like i don't remember when Seems very but inefficient. He experienced that. Yeah. He's like, you have no idea what's going on. Do you have to respond in Latin? Probably. Probably. Do so you learn like a couple to? phrases in Latin? Anyway. Yeah. So Latin happens because of Rome, I guess. Of Rome. Um, yeah. So then Speaking we get... of Rome, back to this. Back to let's roam back to this. Um <laughs> it does another like break. 
to some just some some quiet shit around 345 she's all low and it's just the piano and she's doing the chorus right but then like goes back to that build yeah and then kicks it back up and then just fades yeah it just kind of plays until she feels she's done enough yeah so this one's got a lot more that like ambient soundscape stuff that we come across every once in a while yeah Uh, it's very very slow version and i guess the like notable other thing is it's got that like fairly noisy like distorted guitar that kind of is the like tension yeah that it's got a very uh like digital decay noise on it yeah and it sometimes kind of plays along with her and sometimes doesn't yeah it's uh yeah i liked i kind of liked the choruses i thought there was a good bit of uh, like slow energy in there and the addition of guitar was interesting um you know we hear so much slow piano shit on here though that the verses almost become nothing to me yeah when it's just piano chords and slow vocals it's less interesting yeah for sure you know, I'm sure there's songs with just, uh, you know, that are just that, pianos and, and, and slow singing that I like. But We've heard them. I think there was, I, I don't remember the song now. There was definitely one cover yeah. that was a slow piano version we liked. But I think it really helps if, like, the vocals are kind of like a showpiece or not necessarily doing showy things, but, like, notable Mm-hmm. They gotta be strong. You gotta have yeah. They're some, very strong. Not just good out. vocals. You need great vocals. You know. And this one, I'm not saying she's not a good vocalist, but that didn't really come across. Yeah. Um. With that, we're gonna move into our final verdict. We got three categories today: the worst version, the best version, and the Halloweeniest version. Because this is our Halloween episode. This is our Halloween episode. It seems wow. crazy because we're only like halfway through the month, but yeah i guess but it's the 18th man we're like more than halfway through the month just a bit, i suppose eh, just a little bit more just over the halfway mark alex the worst bit. version of this of course for me the difference between 17 and 18 is vast for some reason um that is not a song what is the worst version of this <laughs> what is the worst version of this song um it's probably burn the earth I, I didn't really like their metal interpretation of it very much. It wasn't all that interesting to listen to. It didn't have a ton of like th- things that were interesting added. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Wasn't the wasn't the metal version that I wanted. But yeah, maybe that's it was fair. the metal version that I deserved. Maybe. But we all rarely get what we deserve. I'll agree with you. Burn the Earth, um, it had, like, one neat trick on the on the chorus, but that was already done by another band, so who cares? You provided <laughs> nothing. You lose. <sighs> Sorry. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a little sparse and not very interesting. It's, it, I mean, yeah, that's really it. Alex, what's the best version of this? What is the best version of this? There were definitely a couple I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked what the bird and the bee did with it they made a pretty fun version but honestly i think i like the blanche version the most because mm-hmm. they kind of brought a little more to the table and like changed it pretty significantly but like made it work in an interesting way in that context so i think i'm gonna say blanche yeah i'm gonna have to agree with you on that too oh, i think the us. the moves they made were just 
all very, very good and very precise. They had a vision, and they knew how to get to it and produce it. As far as my, you know, country not listening to ears can determine, it seems pretty flawless. Yeah. It's very convincing. Yeah, the song and the lyrics make sense in that style with just one little bonus lyric. They add fucking six words to this thing. And then, yeah, it becomes like a gospel song. It's bizarre. Yeah, it's bizarre, but great. A great example of a cover uh, moving a song into its own field and making it great in that field. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that, Alex, which one are you adding to your Halloween playlist 2020? Halloween playlist. Um, hmm. Now, I mean, the original version is probably on a ton of Halloween playlists as is. Mm-hmm. But I feel like for some background music, it would probably be like Unto Ashes or Jennifer, um, last name I'm blanking on, Jennifer Hope. Hope. I think that would be an easy thing to remember. Anyway, um, yeah, like those two strike me as like, if you're throwing on a Halloween playlist in the background, no one would know what song it was, but it would play in the background. That's right. And they'd hear the word devil, and they'd be like, they'd be like oh. devil. Like how? Probably, probably Jennifer Hope over Unto Ashes. Probably. Probably. Okay, just so to be different from you, from I'm going to say Unto Ashes, but I was on the exact same, <laughs> the exact same train reason. of logic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Halloween, and like, it's a bit sinister, too. Like, it's a bit spooky, because it's slow mm-hmm. as well. Um, and like, there's that distorted guitar compared to a lot of other songs that are considered like horror classics which are very much horror themed mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily come across in the music this is more like makes come across in the music i think yeah i would agree with that um so there you have it that's our final verdict if you got a similar opinion different opinion or want to talk to us about a version of the song we didn't talk about Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise Guy, or you can email us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Send us comments, questions, concerns. And you can also rate and review us on Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. I think you can only review us on Apple Podcasts, but you should do that because, uh, hey, do something nice for me and Alex. Guy, friend person with that we're gonna jump yeah. into our bonus segment alex halloween's on the horizon what halloween. is uh uh your unconventional halloween song that you would recommend people throwing on a halloween playlist Jeez, unconventional halloween song? yeah i think i think it was you who purported that a hazy shade of winter should be on halloween playlists when oh we covered yeah that. i did say that and i still agree with that um do you have to come up with another one now Jeez. yes alex i'm not doing your fucking homework for you <laughs> well that one yes obviously if you want what i else? can fill for some time here yeah because uh, i'm like totally blanking no for sure uh strange animal by uh gawain <laughs> i think it's not That's really halloweeny but the idea of strange animals is strange like, animals what are these? just being like a little creepy yeah but then also you're kind of horny for them. How can I get enough? That's Halloween is creepy and horny, right? Creepy and horny. Uh, I'm led to believe, yes. But so, I'm bad bingo, at partying, bango. so it's never been that for me. But that's okay. 
because I think it's okay if other people have fun. Ah, good job, Alex. Always Plus dressing, people dressing having up fun. fun. Um, uh, unconventional horror or Halloween song. Mm, okay, here's the thing. So... For me, so, yeah. I always think of, or I often associate Jethro Tull with like fall, winter transitions. And right. that's a very quick transition in Calgary. Um, it's a day. It's like, yeah, it's like a day or sometimes even a week. This year it was longer than usual. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is snowing as of a couple of days ago. But anyway, to stay on topic... Um, generally i would associate some of their songs that are about like pagan traditions in particular the song i'm thinking of is beltane Mm. there's a song it's not really spooky but i associate it with like this time of year and i think it would fit because it's kind of it's like this is that even what beltane is i'm might be fucking this up no it's in may fuck uh Anyway, the Jethro Tull album, uh, Songs from the Wood, I was associated with this time of year. Like, pretty much, yeah, the end of October until, like, Christmas times. So, it's got to be something from there, but I don't know what yet. Ah. Is it Jack in the Green? Because that's almost Jack in the Box? It is almost Jack in the Box. Maybe it is Jack in the Green. That sounds like a creepy, creepy person. But there's so many, like... Uh, that's all I got for now, honestly. All right. Well, let's just say the whole album "Songs from the Wood." Confuse your friends it's, at your confuse your friends because it's not creepy at all. Halloween parties when and this it's barely <laughs> Halloweenish. Fucking folk rock comes on. <laughs> uh, if you got some Halloween playlist song recos, hit us up with H S R, the hashtag. That's the hashtag H S R. H S R. Hisser yeah. like a snake. Hisser. Come and up with better things than I said because it's very easy. It's uh, it's not the most difficult, but don't some challenge of you yourself. Might still fail. Just try to do better than me. Let's try to do better than Ta-da. Alex. Um, that's the end of our show. And as we always say on Cover Me, God damn it, lady, you know Cover Me ain't lying to you. I'm only gonna tell you one time. <laughs>